0: welcome to what the bump my name is jen and i'm mariana we are former labor and delivery nurses who felt called to step away from the bedside after having babies of our own to be full-time birth doulas
1: welcome to our podcast where we talk all things pregnancy birth postpartum and everything in between
0: join us here every wednesday for a new episode hi welcome to another episode this episode is a little bit different a little bit unique i know that the podcast has For so long, just been birth stories. If you go way back to the podcast at the beginning, there was actually no birth stories. It was pure birth education. It was like me solo podcasting. And I'll be honest with you, I think I kind of got lazy. It was a lot of work. I was pregnant. I had my daughter and I changed it over to a ton of birth stories because it was easy for me. I just had to like get on. Somebody else did all the talking. They told their story. I just kind of interviewed and chimed in a little bit. And I, and I truly love doing that. The podcast is not straying away from that. But today I have Mariana, who, oh my gosh, I wish I remembered what episode your birth story was. It was a- almost a year ago. Yeah, it was a while back. So her birth story is on the podcast. Um, but she if you guys follow us on Instagram, you know who Mariana is. Um but for those of you who do not, she came on her the podcast, told her birth story. We're gonna dive into this a little bit more, but eventually became part of what's the Bump. She is now my partner, the other um doula that is with me. And so we are recording this podcast to kind of give I don't know, I guess like a podcast update, a what the bump update, a life update on us and kind of tell you guys about what our plans are for the future, where we plan on going. Like I said, we're still going to share a ton of birth stories, but my heart is like longing to get back into that educational piece where we just talk about birth things and help educate people. So that's why I'm bringing Mariana on to be part of the podcast and help me do all that. So all that being said, Mariana, introduce yourself, like who you are, what your life looks like, how you came even into this birth work.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I still can't believe it's almost been a year since I was on the podcast. Um, I'm super honored, super humbled to be a part of this um, and especially to be doing this full time now. It's truly a gift. I feel like I found my life's passion and it doesn't feel like work because it's so fun. So I think, you know, it feels like it's been over a year. Yeah. I feel like I've known you a lifetime and I think that's pretty awesome. Um, We can kind of, we know each other so well and yeah, it's almost our friendship anniversary, too. But anyway, um, <laughs> so a little bit about me. I'm originally from um, a city outside of Toronto, Canada. I've lived in North Carolina for about 11 years now. I went to Gardner-Webb University, graduated in 2016. Um, I've been a nurse for six and a half years. The majority of my nursing career was actually um, in the medical surgical world, back-breaking nursing. Um, I had a cool specialty um, with really acute, acutely um, sick Patients, liver transplant, kidney transplant, urology, so I got a ton of experience, and of course, like many nurses during the pandemic, I just got super burnt out, and I really wanted to find my passion for nursing again, and I knew I wanted to do labor and delivery, but like most jobs, like they're not going to give you experience um, without you having experience, and um I think the pandemic was a perfect time for me to really make a shift and once I started working labor and delivery, I just knew like this was it I'm like totally into this. I love everything about it. And most people too, especially when they're preparing for, you know, starting their own family, they start just researching so much about it. And that's kind of how it was. And then I found your podcast um, through a mutual friend that we have. And um, yeah, I just started following you and then followed you on Instagram. And we would kind of go back and forth just relating to so many things like we were pregnant at the same time um just 5 weeks apart so i would see you and dopplering the baby and i was like oh my gosh i'm doing the same thing so we just had so much in common um and that's kind of you know how we met each other and got connected
0: yeah through like literally instagram messaging and then you came on the podcast and again i don't we didn't meet in person though till way after that right cuz Marianna came on the podcast told her birth story I was like oh my gosh me and this girl have so much in common I remember getting off it and telling my husband like oh my gosh this girl that just came on the podcast we have so much in common she lives here in Charlotte I did not have many friends especially like mom friends and I was like I've got to meet her so then we I think we got coffee maybe like that following week
1: yeah so I think the biggest thing that connected us we were kind of talking over the course of several several months but um You know, going through postpartum, um, you Mm -hmm. just being vulnerable and sharing your struggles. Like I felt like I was the only person going through certain things. And I'll be honest with you, like a lot of social media, you know, you only see the highlights. And I almost felt like, man, what am I doing wrong? Like, Mm -hmm. am I not a good mom? And I remember vividly like you just having a post about you rocking Adeline in the nursery for like hours, and her not. <laughs> and then our babies had very similar struggles in ju- on their journey and our journey, and we learned so much. Um, both of our babies had tongue ties. Um, both of our babies had a dairy protein allergy. They weren't the
0: best sleepers, so we were kind of in the trenches together. We always said that we were like we are in the trenches together, and that's what bonded us. We met in person. We were like, wow, I'm struggling too, and then. I literally was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, dude, remember me and Marianna used to sit up from like 2 to 5 a.m. and just text, like we just be, would be awake because guess what? Our babies were awake all the time. So we would literally be texting from like 2 to 5 a.m., all night, every night. It was, that's where we really grew our friendship. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I mean, it just makes me think there's this um,
1: quote by Craig Rochelle, and it says, We impress people by our strengths, but we relate to people through our weaknesses. And honestly, the older I get, the more I crave just being around people who it's nice to be curated and life is beautiful and, you know, to have a positive spin on things, but you really connect with people, especially in postpartum when, you know, the newness of motherhood is just, it's hard. It's called the fourth trimester for a reason and yeah we we really developed like a bond that we both needed during that time and now it's just so fun to see how far we've come and you know how big our babies are and to think of like was it really that bad
0: yeah I (laughs) I think it's like part of that is that new mom like want to fix everything mentality. And that's something I learned at the end. I was like, they just don't sleep for a little while sometimes. And they just have these issues. And you just have to kind of like go with it. it. But yes, we bonded over that. I got coffee with you. And I remember you telling me like you had already done the doula training, but you were a labor and delivery nurse and didn't know like how to make that transition. And I was already in that transition and starting to take on clients. So I was like, hey, why don't you – kind of take some clients with me for a little bit and kind of see what happens. And it just really grew it, our, you know, our doula. I hate to say like doula business. Cause that sounds so fancy. I'm like, not like that, but you know, our doula business, our doula company, it really is. It did grow exponentially to where I quit my job. I think in like February of this past year, I hounded Marianne up forever to quit her job. I'm like, you are so busy with doula clients. You know you can do it, but it's a leap of faith. It is. And not everybody can just like up and quit their job. It was the perfect like scenario for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were so blessed. Yeah. I was working PRN at the hospital. So I was Mm -hmm. really only working one to three times a month. I mean, at one point you and I were going to like try to work together at the hospital because you were still like kind of deciding and then you decided like, Cold turkey and and you were you were kind of on my back about like come on you're gonna quit you're gonna quit and then you just left me alone <laughs> I know I did I stopped mentioning it and then you know and then I'm also in school you know finishing um, my BSN so I just had so much on my plate and then I just kind of got to the point where I didn't want to risk you know being at the hospital or being at a birth and not being able to attend either and luckily. I'm so grateful that that never was the situation um, and then you know we're just super blessed with how much it's grown and how well we're doing so I yeah decided that you know I think it's time um, to really just take that leap of faith and um, you know being PRN really
0: allowed me to be able to do that and I'm super grateful for that opportunity and and if- to and. If people don't know what PRN means, because that's—I don't know if like other jobs use that. No, you're good. PRN is just like um, it, it essentially means as needed. So you have like a minimum of like of like normally two shifts a month you have to work, but then you can kind of pick up as much on and off as the unit needs as you want in between. So that's what PRN means. Just mm-hmm. just in case anybody is wondering. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I mean, when I was following your podcast. Um, I didn't really know too much about like doulas, but I knew with everything that doulas did, that's what made me want to do labor and delivery. I remember when I was doing my interview with my manager, she was like, why do you want to do this? I was like, I want to walk alongside women on the most intense, but wonderful day of their lives and just really emotionally support them and be there. And then I got into labor and delivery nursing. And that's totally, I mean, there's, I would say it's 10% of that. And then 90% of hospital liability, you know, monitoring, charting, documenting that we don't have time to really slow down. And that's what I got into nursing for. Like, maybe I was thinking like we were going to be holding hands and singing Kumbaya, but like, that's what's important. We do as doulas. (laughs) And I believe like doula work is like the best part and the most like, It's almost like it's low priority in the hospital and I get it. Um, But for me, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to treat every patient. Yes, we believe birth is physiological first until it needs medical intervention. But I don't want to treat every mom like this has to be done. You have to do this. You know, that's just not the way our bodies were designed.
0: Yeah. And I will say, too, like... I know when I left nursing and went full time into doula work, it is so different. Like when you are working for the family and not the hospital, your eyes are just really opened. Like, as a nurse, you think a certain way because you've been trained that way, you know, and when you work for families, and you see certain things happen, it just, you know, those clients are now your biggest priority. So I don't even know how to describe it other than I truly can say that over the past year, we have both spent so much time, so much effort, so much research, education, everything into unlearning so much that the hospital has taught us and retraining our brains to think differently. And I'm not saying the hospital is a terrible place. And, you know, I I am so thankful for both of us are so thankful for the work that we were able to do through the hospital. We learned so much. It gave us the best foundation of labor and delivery, the best experiences. Um, I mean, we got to experience everything and a lot of everything. So we are so thankful for our jobs and for the hospital system and everything, but in a sense of that you do learn a lot of things that are like hey this is how it is it's one way if they have gestational diabetes they're always induced by 37 38 weeks if they're over 36 they have to be induced by this age because the placenta starts to die and you know all these things that even like breech birth i never in a million years would have even considered the thought that i would think Maybe a breech baby can come out of the vagina. As a labor and delivery nurse, I was like, you are so stupid for ever not having a scheduled C-section with a breech baby. And now over the past years, my eyes have been open to this whole idea of like breech is a variation of normal and breech babies can come out of the vagina. And it's just those little things that the last year we have changed so much and put so much work into just shifting our mindset. And I think we have done a really good job at being there for each other through that because- it's not all, I mean, me and Mariana. I tell everybody we are like two peas in a pod. I could not have even picked a better person to have met and stumbled upon and like do this with because we are so, so similar, but we've definitely had like different opinions and views on things. And it's really cool because looking back over the past year, I think that we've just worked those out with like so much grace and learned how to learn and evolve and just change our way of thinking so much through that too. For sure. I mean,
1: I am super grateful. I worked with an amazing group of nurses, like nurses who have been doing this for 30 years. So, I mean, I really got to glean on so much of their wisdom and so much of, you know, the medical side of things. So I felt super, super equipped, like really understanding. Um, You know, I, I just caught on really quickly. I mean, when you've been a nurse for several years and like, Uh, a specialty and and they're really sick and critical, like kind of getting into the niche of labor and delivery, once you kind of get that grasp, like it's like riding a bike, like, okay, I got this. And I'm so grateful for those nurses. I really wouldn't be here without them. Um, But after I had my own birth experience, I was like, oh my gosh, like this doesn't have to be this way. And I remember like we were hanging out with Becca that one time and we were just talking about like just the culture of the hospital yeah. system. And th- the number one thing that I really like to tell my clients or our clients is that like, just really, you know, interview your practitioner about the kind of culture that they have as far as like, Hey, what are you going to allow me to do while I'm in labor? You know, cause you're interviewing them and that's your choice. Um, but a lot of the cultures in the hospital are like, you know, I got to get the baby on the monitor. You got to stay in this position. And it's like, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. I started to realize when I went into work <laughs> I remember when I was working PRN, I started to feel and I would see things that were happening. And I was like, gosh, I can't even speak up because I'm working for the hospital. I wish I had my doula shirt on right now to be like, you don't have to do that. And, you know, sometimes there were times where I was like asking the doctor, if someone told me, Hey, I want to go on medicated. I would tell that mom, I would say, Hey, if you want to go on medicated, switching positions frequently, get out of this bed. I would literally help them. I'd be like, you're lucky you have a doula today who's also a nurse. And I would say like, do you want to be moving? I'll go tell the doctor that you want to be up out of the bed so that we don't have to do continuous monitoring, we can kind of do intermittent. And when I started kind of getting to that place where I was like, I am walking this line of like advocating, but then like, you know, having yeah. to, you know, CYA with the hospital. I was like, yeah, no. And just a lot of seeing like how, you know, doctors um, and, and, you know, there's fabulous doctors out there, but just seeing like doctors putting their hands in, in women's vaginas unmedicated and just doing that perineal massage. And they might be used to doing that with an epidural, when you're unmedicated, keep your hands out of there. Like you don't need to be doing that. So there's and either just way, one, really no point for that. <laughs> and, you know, that's a culture thing. You know, if someone's been doing that for 20 years, then they think that's the only way that it has to be done. And, and it's just not true. And um, yeah, we have just a wealth of knowledge and background of seeing birth going so many different directions. And again, we, we have clients who, you know, need the medical induction. They, um, there's medical intervention that needs to be done, but that's not how every woman needs to be treated, especially low-risk pregnancies.
0: Yeah. Everybody is just so vastly different. And as a nurse, you're kind of trained on like a lot of protocols and that's a protocol is a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. A protocol is, Hey, if this is happening, this is what we do. It's very black and white written out exactly free to follow. Nurses live and breathe on protocols. Oh, yeah. um, and as a doula, I like hate the word protocol even. Cause I'm like, what works for one person is not going to work for another. How one person's birth goes like there, there just is no one solution. And, um, everybody is, is just, so, so extremely different.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you think about it, it just takes one situation to go wrong that holds the hospital liable for something. And then now they're like, okay, well, this is protocol now. It happened. Mm -hmm. One bad thing happened to somebody. So now we're going to treat everybody that way. I always describe hospital births are like you're on a conveyor belt, There's an hourglass. They want to get you in. They want to get you out. So like they they kind of need to treat you like a factory. You're going in, you're going out, and this is how we want it. You are on a time clock, and I do hate that, but that's not the way our body was designed
0: whatsoever. And and I think it does obviously like vary vastly with your practitioner and the hospital you're at because, I mean – I hate to say that, like, you know, like what you said, you are on a time clock. That is true no matter what. Even if your provider is like, hey, you're not on a time clock, you know, inductions can take this long or this or whatever. Birth can take this long. Uh, To an extent, though, like they're not going to leave you there for five days either. You know, they might give you a few days and stuff, but eventually at some point something is going to give – and also, I mean, five days is a long long time for you to be doing anything, especially laboring anyways. Um, but it is true you know your provider matters you need to be interviewing people asking those hard questions asking questions about their rates for C section and tears and if you have a doctor who cannot tell you their tear C section rate that's very alarming right. so remember that um I, I love saying like in in the us we have this mindset that we are like at the mercy of our doctors we follow their rules we do what they say um you know almost like they aren't hired by us. But remember, your doctor is hired by you. You can absolutely fire them. You are technically paying them. Your insurance is reimbursing them for the services that they are giving you. So um, you can fire that person and find somebody else. But there are amazing doctors, especially midwives. Obviously, we are fans of midwives. We believe that every low-risk birthing woman who is choosing to have a birth in the hospital should be seeing a midwife. Um, And there are amazing ones out there who are so great and so patient. But Yes, we're happy to be out of that environment. Needless yeah. to say, working for families with families because that's what we get to do now as doula's full time. And we are going to go
1: touch more on you know the difference between OB and midwife. And the simplest way I like to put it, and we both say it, is you know your midwife is going to be your vaginal birth expert, and your obstetrician they're trained surgeons and they just come from birth and pregnancy from such a medical model approach. Um, so you know I think you know once you're pregnant, like those are things that's kind of where you get started, like. What is the kind of birth experience that I want to have? And we'll touch more about it in the future. But I guess this kind of like segues into kind of your next birth experience you're gonna have.
0: Yes. Well. Yes, I, I. If anybody follows me on Instagram, it's just at at what the bump CLT, which I'm sure a lot of people do. I am pregnant, so Adeline is 14 months old, and I am due sometime in May. May, June, whenever this baby decides to come, um, with a second. So I am f- about to be 14 weeks. By the time this podcast airs, I'm sure I'll be even past that. No, wait, 15 weeks. See, I don't even know. That's second pregnancies are so much more like just chill and amazing. I will not lie, like I don't want this to sound morbid, but With Adeline, I was so nervous all the time, walking on eggshells. I wanted so badly for everything to be perfect. I had a miscarriage before her, which I know I've shared my miscarriage story on the podcast too. But, you know, you just, pregnancy after loss is hard. And this pregnancy, I just feel so at peace. Not that I don't care if something bad happened to this baby. I, of course, do. But the way I describe it is, like, I already have Adeline, who I love so much, who Mm -hmm. literally, like, just satisfies my every desire as a mom that like if for some reason I was never to have another child, I would be very sad, but I would be okay. So if that makes sense, it takes a lot of pressure off of this pregnancy. And it has been such a breeze this far. I got really sick from week six to eight, extremely sick. It came hard and fast but short, thank God. So I was pretty sick. Those, um, what are they called? The Pink Stork nausea sweets saved my life. I probably ate a million of them a day. They have like B6 and peppermint or whatever. But yes, I am almost 15 weeks plus by the time this airs and very excited. Feeling that like second trimester bliss, you know, my nausea kind of started to fade at like I said, eight, nine weeks, and it's just gotten better and better as we've gone. So I'm feeling back to normal. I can finally drink coffee and eat meat and all the things that I really could not do for a long time. And my uterus is growing way faster than it did the first time. I feel like I showed so much faster. Even my midwives like measured my stomach and they were like, whoa, your uterus is already like right under your belly button. Normally, it's like still low under your pubic bone. So, But I did have an ultrasound. It is only one baby. So if anybody's... <laughs> thinking about emailing me or DMing me, you know, to check. I already did. Um, and I did a sneak peek and it came back that it's a boy. So I'm pretty confident in that. Hopefully. Um, I won't have an anatomy scan until 22 weeks. Let's see what else do I need to cover? Um, I'm having a home birth. So we are very excited. Again, I did share that on my Instagram. Um, North Carolina is a little bit tricky of a state, which I'm sure a lot of people live in states that are like that, but How it works is it is not illegal for me to have a home birth. Say it again. It is not illegal for me to be having a home birth. Um, What is tricky is actually the midwives in North Carolina. And I hope I get this. I hope I get this exactly right. But um, the state of North Carolina does not recognize CPMs, certified professional midwives. They only recognize CNMs. CNMs technically can practice out of the hospital, but they don't. Um, there is one in our area that does. You just have to have a governing physician and most midwives don't really, I think desire to practice outside of the hospital. and even if they did it, they really struggle having a governing physician who is willing to kind of take on their liability. So, that is why CNMs are hard to find. And then, like I said, CPMs are not technically recognized by the state of North Carolina. So, they do practice here. It's just more of an underground type thing. So, um, we are having our home birth with amazing midwives, amazing birth team. Obviously, Mariana is my doula. Um, one of my friends volunteered to do all the videography. So, I'm so excited. She's going to do like photo and videography for the whole birth. It's going to be amazing. And I know I've shared my birth story too on the podcast, but Adeline came very quickly. So um, my thought process this time around was like, you know, why even leave my house? My midwives, I feel just so confident in. They have tons of experience. They carry all the emergency medications, equipment, everything you could ever need. Obviously, besides an OR, that's kind of a given. But, you know, um, I feel very comfortable, very safe. It's been a great experience. My prenatals are so different instead of like going in weight, blood pressure, Doppler, any questions? Okay, bye. Which that's not a hit on my you know, midwives or anybody from my first pregnancy. I had amazing prenatal care, amazing midwives and amazing birth team the first time around. I regret nothing. I would see them again this time around and be so extremely blessed and happy. But I personally just wanted to birth at home. It's also not
1: their fault. You know, the
0: hospital no, no. So, so big, you know, yes. I, I'm sure they, w- and that
1: everybody gets into it because they want that. They want to am right. sure they would love to be able to sit down and do that. But yes. unfortunately, they, they get like 10 know. minutes. Yeah. They don't have the means to do it. But I mean, right. you know, you get just such an individualized approach to care and, you know, your midwives are really talking about like what you're eating and, yes. you know, how you're feeling and they really deep dive and care. And I, I'm just so happy for it. I have to admit, guys. When Jen told me that she was having a home birth, I about I was like, are, are you joking? Are you being serious? You know, Adeline was a big baby. And, you know, I was just nervous. Um, but, you know, the more – I don't know. Jen and I, we're big. Um, we, we love Dr. Stu and um, Bliss from Birthing Instincts podcast. And the more I've just kind of learned more about birth and whatnot, I've been 100% on board. Jen is convinced that I'm going to have a home birth for my child next. You'll see. You <laughs> will be on the podcast in a couple of years talking about it, but I'm 100% full on board supportive. Um, if there's anyone who can do it, it's Jen. And I'm so excited. To- Everyone can do it. Yes, as long right. as you I'm don't sorry. want an epidural, obviously. I really do need to change um, my language surrounding that. Every woman can possibly do it. Low risk pregnancy. Absolutely. I just think about how nice it's going to be. Like no one's going to be like, hey, let me get your baby on the monitor. Hey, let's put an IV yeah. in. Hey, I got to get labs. Like you're going to be in your own environment. Comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful, and I'm
0: so excited. Thank you. I'm very excited. One thing that I've noticed that's huge aside from – and I love, Mariana, that you added in, like, it's not my midwife's fault for, you know, 10-minute prenatal care. They get scheduled with – I don't know how many people they see a day, but those time slots are teeny tiny, so I'm sure they would love to sit and have those conversations. But my midwife sees me for about 45 minutes to an hour every appointment. It's like deep diving into everything about me. Um, and one thing that I really, really love that I noticed instantly at my first appointment is, you know, you go to the hospital or any birthing system really. And um, they kind of just say like, hey, we're going to take your blood pressure. Now we're going to have you lay back. We're going to doppler you. My midwife's like, hey, like, how do you feel if we take your blood pressure right now? Is that okay? Like the consent you guys is like over the top. It's so sweet. Like, um, I remember when they went to doppler and me though, like, do you care if we doppler you today? And I was like, no, of course. Like, it's a and they were like, okay, do you feel comfortable like laying on the bed? And I was like, yeah. And then. She's like, okay, do you care if we listen out loud? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, I'm going to put the, you know, a little bit of lotion here. And um, it was just super, super sweet. And then even when she went to like touch my belly and she's like, do you mind if I like kind of touch and like feel your uterus and position um, of your uterus and everything like that? And I was like, of course not. And so it was just super, super sweet. Like the amount of consent and asking is really beautiful to me because I think that we are so far from that in the medical model of care that even witnessing and being a part of that That was like shocking to me to really be asked at every second, every step of the way before anything was done to me over and over, not over and over, but like, you know, just very making sure that I was okay. And I knew exactly what she was doing and where she was touching and where she was feeling. That was a really beautiful thing. And I think that that is like so normal and should be such a given and should be the care that any woman receives anywhere um, that it was really eye opening for me. Absolutely.
1: I mean, when some of our clients ask us, like, will I be allowed to, or will, you know, asking permission from their providers for things? And I was like, you don't have to do anything. You can do whatever the heck you want. They can schedule you for an induction. And if you don't feel comfortable with it, you don't have to show up. Just call them and say, I'm not coming. I don't feel comfortable. Or don't. (laughs) Exactly. Just don't don't show up. You know, it's probably more decent, you know, to kind of get them heads up. I'm not showing up so they can maybe call someone else. But um You know, I think you and I are really middle-of-the-road kind of people. We see very much the medical side of things, but then we can definitely be very holistic. Everyone asks us, like, what's your style? And Jen and I, you know, working as nurses, we – never got to choose our assignments or the people that we worked with. So I think if anything, we've become experts and really just reading the room and really just learning you as a person and knowing um, what you need. But I always tell people you are in the driver's seat. And that's what I love about your home birth, you know, experience while preparing for it is that you're in the driver's seat, you can do whatever the heck you want. And that's how every woman should feel. I mean, I even sometimes feel nervous, like to ask something when I'm at birth, you know, or at least for my birth experience, like I felt a lot of judgment because my water had been broken and then they want to start me on pit, even though I did not want that. And then I was cheap and did not hire a doula and I kind of got suckered into it. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I would do differently. And I did get an epidural and I want y'all to know I am going to have an unmedicated birth. I used to say I'm going to try, but I'm going to have an unmedicated birth. It's
0: episode 93. So if you want to go back and listen to Mariana's birth story, it's episode 93 (laughs) of the podcast. Just you're so that funny.
1: You're so funny. But anyways, that's my tidbit on it. And I'm so glad that you're feeling empowered at all your appointments. I feel like every woman should have that. I always say, you know, think about how much you prepare for weddings and how that's such a super special day. You should you should feel that exact same way for your birth experience. If you're ever nervous or anxious going into your appointments and you don't feel heard, that's a red flag. You need to go somewhere else. I remember I switched care at 28 weeks pregnant because I hated and dreaded where I was going. And I still didn't really love where I ended up delivering, <laughs> but, you know, working in the dual work world now, um, you know, I've been kind of getting samples of different hospitals and midwives, and I've definitely found my people um, yesterday definitely confirmed it on um, the midwife that I worked with. So. Um, yeah, that's just always my tidbit is just remember that you're in the driver's seat. This is the most special moment of your life. Think about how much time you prepare for a wedding day. You should also prepare for your birth in that way and just feel empowered and you should be the one doted over and everyone should be asking you what you want.
0: Yes, I could not agree more. And also just... Um... A heads up, in case you didn't get the gist. This podcast really has like no theme, no actual like topic. This is really just me and Mariana doing some rambling, some updating, um, sharing who she is, and really giving her an introduction. Because as far as the future of the podcast goes, I do want to touch on this. Mariana is going to be on a lot more episodes. So birth stories are going nowhere. I still love to record and let women share their birth stories and share their experiences. So. You will still be doing tons of birth story episodes, but me and Mariana also are gonna be doing a lot more like duo, duet, duo, duet, duo, whatever, duo podcast with both of us on here. And we're going to talk about so many different topics. It's just so much better. I feel like when you have both of our perspectives, we can kind of bounce off each other. So um, if you have a topic, we are always open. You can email us hello at whatthebumpclt.com. You can um, message us on Instagram, but we want all your topics. We already have running lists of ideas. You just using the word red flag gave me a good idea to do a podcast all about like red flags throughout your um, pregnancy with you know, providers and stuff in your birth team. So, but we have so many, so many ideas. So we are going to be doing a lot more, like more geared towards just birth education in general and fun episodes like that. So I'm very excited to bring you on. Also somebody to hold me accountable for <laughs> recording episodes because it can get hard when you're pregnant, super tired. That's the other thing, this pregnancy, y'all, I'm so much more tired. I don't know if it's I'm chasing around a toddler or what probably is that, but my exhaustion is, is different. I else. mean,
1: before you didn't have a baby, so you could take a nap at whatever time you wanted I know. You have to get that rest when she's resting. Rest when the baby yes. rests.
0: Um, okay. What's another thing we're going to touch on? Oh, recent birth recaps. So that's also something really fun I want to add in. Um, obviously, keeping our, you know, not mentioning our clients, keeping it a little bit more vague, but we do want to recap a couple of births. So you had the most recent one. So do you yes. want to um, give you a quick waiting. little recap?
1: I just want to say I'm still running off the adrenaline. (laughs) I know you are. Yesterday's birth, like I came home and told my husband all about it, and talking to him like it's the Super Bowl, and he's just kind of looking at our our poor husbands, like they listen. Oh my god. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know it's really cool to be able to kind of share both of our perspectives. Um, you know, you and I had very different birth experiences, so we really glean on each other in certain situations um, that we've had with other clients and with our births, and you know how to support people. So. Um, yeah, yesterday, um, I had a multip. or I'm sorry, let me, (laughs) I I had a mom, it was her second baby. So, you know, typically your second babies are going to come so much faster. Um, she had a completely different birth experience last time at a big state of the art hospital in Atlanta. And, um, you know, she didn't really get to kind of have her voice and that freedom to really birth the way that she wanted to. And we did lots of, um, labor prep, um, Jen and I, advised her to, you know, check out these midwives who we knew that would just be such a great fit for her for the kind of birth experience she wanted. And I will say that was the best um hospital birth I've ever been to and I've only been to hospital births. But <laughs> I just mean I just mean in the hospital setting.
0: You yeah. were with a really, really, really good midwife.
1: Incredible midwife. She will hands down be my midwife. Um
0: I hope Fiffy she birth at the hospital.
1: <laughs> yeah if I birth at the hospital. Oh my gosh. That's gonna be our running thing. <laughs> um so she was induced and I was a little nervous. She did have gestational diabetes. Uh, you know, I Jen and I always counsel our clients on induction risks and benefits. And we always want to make sure that those benefits outweigh the risks. And I am always, we always 100%, 100% support whatever our clients want to do. We just want to give them informed um, risk and benefits. And at the end of the day, I support whatever the heck you want to do. It's not my birth experience. I'm not the one uncomfortable and pregnant. So I 100% believe she made the right decision. She had a big baby and she birthed that baby. Um like she was meant to, um, so obviously the gestational diabetes kind of throws in another thing, like wrench in there for her. But I'm, I supported her. She was about 39 weeks. Um, she, she designed, obviously had
0: no problem pushing out that big baby. So even though we say it was big, it was over nine pounds. So I'd say it's a good size for yeah. an earlier 39 week baby too. But um, even with that gestational diabetes, yes, it definitely adds in, you know, some things sometimes, but. Her, I mean, what she pushed for less than ten minutes. I mean, clearly her body, that ba- that nine over nine pound baby was easy peasy for her,
1: for sure. And you know, i've I've been working with different kinds of clients who want different kinds of birth experiences. So I, I, I never really can gauge very well. i like, they say I want to go unmedicated, but everyone kind of starts that way. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll try it out, see how it goes. But I mean, she just had such a good energy about her, and now I can really. Tell where people are at in their labor. Like yes. when I showed up and saw her, she was on Pitocin for about an hour and a half, and I probably got there right at the ra- uh, right around the right time. She was probably about five centimeters. I could literally look at you now and probably tell. It's an amazing at. gift. I remember when you told me that it just wasn't clicking for me. I was like, Wait, "Yeah, you were."
0: Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I'd, I'd be like, "You can look at somebody and just know." When you were like, yeah. "What are you talking
1: and about?" And I'm like, "Wait, what?" Like, I'm so used to seeing people and. You know, with epidurals, everyone responds to birth differently. You know, Mm -hmm. um, some people are a little, but they kind of internalize some of it more and other people's are other people can kind of be more outward about it. So I kind of explained to her, I was like, hey, you're looking good. You've got a lot of energy. Let's use this energy to kind of maybe stand more, you know, not do too much because I want you to be able to rest. But we were on hands and knees down on the floor. Um, She was in every which position you could imagine. And um, I told her, I was like, hey, you're going to start getting pissed you're going to start looking a little more mad. It's okay. Um, and once she was just kind of, she suddenly just said, oh man, I feel really, really warm, um, and flushed. And I was like, okay. And then a few minutes later, she's like, I'm nauseous. And I was like, you're in transition right now. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, you know, she got checked. She was seven centimeters, which is great. I mean, she was four, a couple hours before, um, you know, we were trying to really open up her, the top of her pelvis, you know, doing some positions I had. And I have a, um, a bundle birth like printout. and so yes, I love those. Some people I bring it to my births because it's kind of nice as a visual aid for our yes. clients to look like, hey, these are a list of positions that would be great for you at this right. point in your labor. Which one looks appealing to you?
0: So you know she I will link anybody who's interested whether you're pregnant doula nurse i will link in the show notes this bundle of birth um they actually send you like the laminated hard copy and it has so many different positions on it but like mariana said it's great for you as a whatever type of birth worker you are to see all this stuff, but then also to show it to your clients to say, hey, let's try this. And it has the picture and it helps them visualize it rather than you like, dude, I've been like on the floor in the hospital, like showing my clients flying cowgirl, you know, like getting my pelvis out and my legs back behind me. And my clients are like, bro, you're literally laying on the hospital ground. Yeah, yeah, I'll link it. And especially when you're unmedicated, you know, when someone has an epidural, we're just kind of like, let's try, let's try this because they,
1: you know, they don't have much feeling. But when you have that feeling, I want you to feel like, yeah, that looks like that would work for me right now. That is something I think that is doable for me. Um, maybe we need to make our own with the bump, uh, little pamphlet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Positions, But um, yeah, so she, you know, tried a couple of those positions. Um, you know, then, then you know, bloody show is a huge sign. Like, just tons of bloody show. She was like, oh, I feel like I need to go to the bathroom. I was like, girl, go sit on the dilation station. Go sit down on the, <laughs> the toilet. <laughs> I said, if nothing comes out, I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, you may poop. I was like, but if nothing comes out, it's probably baby just really engaged, um, and really coming into your pelvis. Um, and and lo and behold, that's what it was. She was on her knees on the ground. We had a great midwife. I mean, the midwife was just kind of hanging out. And that's what I'll always say about. You know, a birth with a midwife versus an OB, I would say, majority of midwives they're going to be in your room like when you're in the trenches of of labor like knee deep struggling like they're going to be in there really beside you you know a doctor typically no offense but they're going to kind of walk in when that baby's crowning and they just want to catch the baby where i feel like midwives are you know suggesting and supportive i mean the midwife we had yesterday was like you can literally deliver your baby in whatever position you want to i mean we were on the ground the water broke and i feel like normal doctors or maybe even a different midwife would have been like oh man we got to get you back in the bed like come on Let's hurry quick. And no, she was like, Yeah, let's just hang out here. Um, and it was just it was so beautiful. Um, this mother just felt so empowered and so strong. And yeah, it, it's an incredible experience. And the problem is, is a lot of hospital nurses, like, they don't get to experience like physiological birth like that. So not, like not
0: often, yeah. Not
1: often, you know, like and and sometimes it can be chaotic, you know. Sometimes people do spiral. Um but, yeah, my one client, man, she was a rock star. Um, she, like, yes. really made me pump to, like, give birth. I'm like, gosh, I can't wait to go into labor again, which some people are like, what the heck is wrong with you? But. <laughs> Yeah, it was just so beautiful from start to end, um, an, an amazing birth experience. I'm super happy for her. I really needed that, and, and I hate to make it about myself, but I really needed that after the birth experience I had last weekend. Um, I had a VBAC client, which was a successful VBAC. Um, Jen and I, we love VBACs and are super supportive of it um just some things that um happened at my vbac such as um <clears throat> telling my client that she couldn't do open glottis pushing my client took a whole course like a pelvic floor course preparing for that um and she was shut down and told no and they also and this is jen's trigger they also put johnson and johnson in her oh. vagina
0: You guys, I could record a one hour episode on the freaking Johnson and Johnson. Is it not like 13 year old you in your health ed class way back in like junior high? If you're, I don't know if you're 13 in junior high, but you literally learn, no, ladies, we do not put soap up the vagina. It's like, it's like literally Women Health 101. And then these doctors, while you're pushing out your baby, just think, mind you, Johnson & Johnson was sued for a lawsuit with, um like, cancer-causing ingredient or something. And they're – I want to say baby powder, but either way. Then these OBs and midwives. I've seen midwives do it. Just, like, think to dump a mini bottle of Johnson & Johnson as baby is crowning to, like, lubricate up area. Okay. Yeah, never mind. I'm going to record for an hour on this, so, so I'm going to stop. So either I way. So I –
1: you know, she was kind of like, I saw them bring out the bottle and I was like, I have grapeseed oil. I always have grapeseed oil in my bag. I was like, can we do grapeseed oil? She She let me dump it once. And then I was like, oh, it's not working. It's being gritty. And then I was like, can we do KY Jelly? Like, can we do something other than Johnson & Johnson? And even my client was like, it's almost like they were saying like, are you okay if we use this? But we're basically going to use it anyway. And you could tell by her response. She was like, I don't even put that on my sons. Like she has twin boys. She's
0: like, I don't even She put like, that clearly did not consent for stuff that was still done to her.
1: And, you know, the husband spoke up, I spoke up and I just kind of felt like, man, I did her a huge disservice. Like maybe I should have really, you know, you're always going to wonder like, what else should I have done? But I also have to understand that I'm going to have to come back to this hospital. Like there's only so much moving and shaking Mm -hmm. that I can do. And, you know, I think the midwife eventually did catch the drift, especially, you know, at one point I was like, can we just let, can we just let her push in whatever position she wants and however she wants to give us a minute. She gave us, she only gave us an hour. And I will say I have looked up um, a peer-reviewed article that did state, which I know peer-reviewed articles really don't mean much because they're biased anyway. But it did say that open glottis pushing is effective. It might just be a little bit less, and it just might take a little extra time. But if that's going to save your pelvic floor and that's what you want for your birth experience, then that's what
0: you should be able to have. Yeah. So – And I I will – Just to explain to you guys, um, open glottis is where you kind of push, and it's the opposite of purple pushing. So purple pushing is that traditional pushing in the hospital. The nurses and doctors and midwife will coach you in where they tell you to take a big breath in, hold it, bear it to your bottom, the whole time holding that breath for 10 seconds, and do that about three times every contraction. Open glottis, you do that same kind of reps, but instead of holding that breath, you breathe in. And instead of holding it and pushing, as you push, you kind of, uh, and kind of moan out while breathing that breath out deep and low and bearing into the pelvis. So they're, um, you know, purple pushing and open glottis are different basically in that breath work. Do you hold that breath? Do you let that breath go? People think letting the breath go helps to relax that pelvic floor and actually bring baby down. But either way, at the end of the day, your client did have a beautiful V back. It's just all to say the importance of like. Interviewing your provider and also not being ever afraid to like voice flat out, hey, I do consent to this. I love the word, word consent. consent.
1: Yes, yes. To,
0: hey, I are all about that. You will get anybody's attention the minute you guys say the word consent. So if a doctor is saying, "Hey, I want to do this or do this or do this," and you don't want it, um, you know, you have to be able to say, "Hey, actually, I don't consent to that." And that word consent is just very, very powerful.
1: Or you and I are just kind of um, asking our client to make it easy on them so they don't have to like say too much of like, hey, do you consent to them putting Johnson yes. Johnson in here? You know, and usually in our prenatals, I'll, you know, we go over all the different directions birth can go. So I'll, I'll probably say to them like, hey, so expect that they're probably going to offer Johnson Johnson. Say no, I've got grapeseed oil, which I did do that. But, you know, in the moment, it was just a lot. And yeah, that birth experience, I was, I was very disappointed. Just in the provider, everything was beautiful about the birth right. until it came to pushing. But, you know, that contributes to trauma for people. I mean, she really did feel like, she wasn't empowered and in control, and they weren't listening. The problem is they weren't hearing her, and that was unfair. And the worst part is this midwife was just had her like sweet little southern tone and like, "Oh, baby, there's no other way you can push your baby out. Like, why are
0: you this girl?" There's a highest. million ways you can actually push your baby out. Yes, um, and I was so like, how have you been
1: doing this for probably twenty plus years, and you're telling me you've never seen open glottis pushing? That's very concerned, concerning to me. Like, right. but anyway, um, that was still. I've had some excellent, beautiful births. Um, but those are kind of like my highlights, highs and lows. Um, they both had great highs, um, just learning experiences, one for me and then two for, um, you know, it's, things are going to happen that are also out of my control. Yeah. You know, if I spoke up, her husband spoke up and she was speaking up, I mean, who the heck was she going to listen to? I mean, I right. probably need to write a letter to somebody.
0: <laughs> well, and hopefully, um, I know we have so many clients that come on the podcast afterwards and share their birth stories. So maybe, um, we can get both of them on too. And, as far as my birth recaps, I had a couple of births. I think we had what, like five and four days? What was it? Five and four days? Five and five days? A lot. It was oh. a lot over one weekend. Mariana attended three, I attended two of them. So she actually technically took the greater heat on that. Um, my hours, though, were probably longer than yours, anyways. I know. <laughs>
1: Uh, second time moms. I also had, um, a scheduled C-section. Yes. So, you know, it trades off, you know, we weren't, we weren't planning or prepared for that one, but yeah. So it, it wasn't that bad. It, it was great. I mean, you and I will both say, I mean, we worked bra- back, backbreaking nursing, 12 hour shifts. I mean, this, I'm not saying like, oh, this is a walk in the park, but I mean, no. we love, like when it's we get a so call much- and- I think when it's we so get a call enjoyable. in the middle of the night for our clients, it's literally like our best friend or our sister going into labor. We're like, Absolutely. "Oh my gosh, it's time!" Like we're so excited. Yes. And I, of course, I looked forward to going to nursing, but you know, you kind of, you kind of lose your zeal for nursing because of all the hospital red taping and all the crap that you have to go through. Um, At least we did. So yeah, exactly. So and and again, I'm grateful for that opportunity and the experience. But yeah, it's just so different. Like you said, we work for the client and at the end of the day, like, I'm like, I want to make you happy. It's like, I'm the wedding planner and the maid of honor. And I was like, I want what you want and I'm fighting for you. And because we have that nursing background, we know like, like we can speak up and be like, oh no, it's probably not time for that right now. Like, and you know, we help guide our clients with how to answer and respond to things. So yeah. Yeah. It just excites us.
0: Yeah, my birthing recap, I said I had two. One of mine was my first home birth as a doula. So that was amazing, super fun. Great midwife, great client. Um, it was her second baby. So again, definitely faster. She did. She was trying to tell me not to come over and I kind of heard her through a contraction on the phone. And I was like, girl, this is your second baby. Her first is not very old at all. So again, I knew it was gonna be quicker. Um, and I came over and thank goodness I did. We only had about two hours left of labor. She transitioned extremely fast. Um, But it was amazing to be like in her house. Like we hung out in her room the whole time, labored in her shower. She birthed in the birthing tub right next to her bed, right after baby and her were, um, you know, baby was out, her placenta was out. We moved over to the bed and we literally laid in her bed for like four hours. We hung out, we talked, we got baby latched. We, you know, um, did all the kind of routine, like checking out, you know, any tearing and kind of talking about all that stuff, Um, talking about postpartum care, talking about the next few days with, you know, a couple day old baby. And obviously, like I said, this wasn't her first rodeo. So it was absolutely beautiful. I actually thought as my first home birth and my extensive nursing background, I would have a little bit of anxiety going into this. Like, oh my God, we actually don't have twenty medical professionals at our beckoning call like we do in the hospital. More than twenty. Oh my gosh. You have like I could peek my head out of a door and like yell something and have ten nurses, a NICU team, and five doctors out of the room in, you know, minutes. Um, and it's I didn't a feel safety net, you know, you like yes. having that. Yes, we have nothing against hospital birth. There are things I totally wish could change, but you just have to prepare for them instead. Um, but yes, I actually had no anxiety going into this. It was so beautiful, so peaceful. I never once felt like anything was at all in the slightest way unsafe. And um it yeah, it was it it was it was great, all that to say. So I was definitely on a high. It was beautiful. Um, and they're doing really, really well. So that was my birth highlight. Um, and let's see, is there anything else we like really didn't cover? Um, oh, I did also want to mention, so we are changing over the podcast. It used to upload every Monday slash every other Monday because I was getting lazy. We're now changing to Wednesdays. So we're going to have a new episode every single Wednesday. Every week, we're holding ourselves accountable. Um, So that will be great. That's going to be Wednesdays, like I said. So set an alarm, set a timer if you want to. And also, um, you know how Spotify gives you those like recaps at the end of the year? I wanted to touch on this because I was really proud. I got like the What the Bump recap or whatever, we were in the top 5% of globally shared podcasts, which is huge, Um, shared in over 72 countries, which was also amazing. Obviously, the US was number one. I think Canada was number two. Um, I think the UK was on there maybe. And I don't really remember the other countries, but it gave me like the top five. And then we also had a 245% growth in one year. So I'm so proud of that, like 245%. That's like what, two and a half times, you know, what it was prior, as far as growth with like listeners and subscribers. So that means the world to me. Um, And if you guys, you know, listen on Spotify, Apple podcasts, please leave the podcast your review that just helps us get found so much more, you guys can send in any topics that you want us to talk about. Like I said, you can email us, you can DM us over Instagram, send us any topics if there's um, anything unique. I also kind of thought it'd be fun to like, and I know I'm kind of taking this from birthing instincts, we love them. Um, But sometimes they'll read like, messages that they get sent with like some questions and stuff and it kind of jogs an entire conversation
1: experiences and pregnancy and yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so obviously we are not doctor a doctor and a midwife we do not have the type of experience so we are never going to give you medical advice but I do think it'd be fun to like talk if anybody has specific things that they want us to like talk about or just give our like nursing doula perspective on I you know say it at the end of every podcast, you guys hear a disclaimer. We are not giving medical advice. We are sharing just our knowledge and our almost like opinions and our thoughts from the experiences that we've had. So never take it as medical advice. Always talk to your provider first. But that is just a recap of, you know, where the podcast is heading, who Mariana is because you'll be seeing and hearing more of her. Yes, I'm pregnant. So my pregnancy update to – And I'm excited for this next season and everything that comes with it. Yeah, I'm excited
1: too. I think it's awesome because women, I mean, especially in the day and age we live in with technology, we just want to be more educated, more informed about our decisions. I think a lot of people are starting to realize like, hey, birth is, it's a pretty sacred thing and I want it to be different. And, you know, I'm just grateful to be able to just walk alongside moms and yeah, just have this role and be here with you do it along the way.
0: Yes. I'm so excited. All right. Well, we will see you guys. Um, actually it's probably going to be birth stories in between this and the next time me and you are on together, but eventually we'll see you on a following Wednesday for another podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of what the bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at what CLT, check out our website, what Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on, and tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.